Today on Locked Out A's, we are celebrating a milestone. It is episode 400. Come join the party, you guys. You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 400 of Locked Out A's. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, we are going to be celebrating episode 400 by celebrating guys that did stuff with the number 400 in A's history. And in the third segment, I'll be going over some of my basically my favorite moments from being the host of this this here program that you guys listen to here every single day. And on that note, thank you so much for making Lockdown A's your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. One of those platforms is YouTube. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us comments. Leave us likes. Leave us... That's, I guess, all you can do. Subscribe. Uh, you can also subscribe to the uh, podcast in audio form, wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Lockdown A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. But today we are starting, we are celebrating, we are starting to celebrate 400 episodes. And it feels right that that is coming right now because... Uh, the, the first 100 episodes of this here podcast were done before the 2020 season. And uh, so it just makes sense. This milestone that we are celebrating today would come during a lockout because uh, this is this is kind of, kind of my, my groove right here. I, I'm very good at covering baseball when there is none. Baseball, catch the fever, you guys. So with 400 being the number in question today, I figured we'd start off today's show by celebrating the one and only player in A's franchise history to hit 400 in a season. I gave you guys a little bit of a teaser at the end of yesterday's episode. Who do you think it is? Comment below, I guess. I'm going to... Spoilers! That the player is in the Hall of Fame, and that player... If you're going to guess and comment down below, pause this video. Is Nap LaJoie. Everybody knows, famous, oh, not even Oakland, Philadelphia Athletic, Nap LaJoie is the only guy to hit 400 for the A's in a season. In a weird twist of fate, it was the A's benefiting from the Phillies not being able to pay LaJoie enough and then that led him to join the upstart American League and our A's and basically legitimized the American League and became the American League's first superstar. Basically, uh, he was he was promised that he would be paid as much as one of his teammates. And then he saw that teammate's pay stub and he's like, we're not getting paid the same amount. And he's like, I'm not playing for the Phillies anymore. And so he joined the A's. And so in 1901 the first year of the American League, the first year of the Philadelphia A's, uh, he, he was on the team. 
because of this little disagreement, about $600, which is, I don't know, like $4 million now. It's a lot of money. Um, so in the first year of the A's existence in the American League in 1901, LeJoie hit 426 and led the league in runs, hits, doubles, RBI, home runs with 14 of those bad boys, batting average, on-base, slugging, OPS, OPS+, plus, and total bases. He was ridiculous. If there was an all-star at that point in time in baseball, he, he would have been it. He had to have been it, right? He led the league in everything. Name another step. Walks? I, I didn't get walks. Maybe, maybe somebody beat him in walks and they would have been the MVP because of walks. I doubt it. He was the American League's first Triple Crown winner after beating up on very so-so American League pitching. Let's be honest, it was the first year of the American League. They were just looking for people to throw baseballs. It didn't matter. He hit 426 and he was baseball's third Triple Crown winner up to that date. So, hey, that's some good ace history for you, right? It... It takes a turn. <laughs> in true A's fashion, some funny business ensued, and their time with the superstar was short-lived because he had jumped from the Phillies to the A's. The Phillies owner had been working to get LeJoie back on his club through legal means, and in 1902, the court ruled that LeJoie could not play for a team in Philadelphia other than the Phillies. So the courts said, hey, you can't have him. So the A's, basically, nothing's changed in 120 years. The A's still cannot have nice things. And uh, we can blame that one judge. I want to look up that judge's name. Maybe I'll do a deep dive on why he ruined the A's in 1903. Um, but, uh, so basically LeJoie was then a free agent. And since he could only play for the Phillies in Philadelphia, he had to go somewhere else. And where did he wind up? He wound up with the Cleveland franchise and later became their namesake from 1903 to 1914. So Nap LeJoie or the Cleveland Naps as they were called until 1914, because teams did that back then. Uh, that, that was... That was him. Uh, technically, the A's have had more than one player hit above 400 in a season, but according to the Oakland A's official website, the history that the team recognizes started in 1901 when they joined the American League. So apologies to Cap Anson's 1872 season when he hit 415 and Levi Mayerl's 1871 season in which he hit 492 in his first big league season across an entire 130 at-bats. That 1871 season from Mayoral is the highest batting average a player has ever had in a single season, according to Baseball Reference. And granted, it was a 28-game season uh, in the National Association, but it's still the highest mark, and, <clears throat> and it was for someone of the Philadelphia Athletics, just not the recognized version of the Philadelphia Athletics. So, hey, bunch of good hitters in Ace history. Uh, coming up on the show, I'm talking about another player from Ace history that is linked to the number 400. But first, Bet Online has you covered all season, all season. 
with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. That is one word, all caps, LOCKED ON. Uh, the opposite of locked out, like locked out A's, because they're not in a lockout right now. It's locked on, one word, all caps. There you go. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your favorite sports, and that's because Bet Online is where the game starts. So with that, I, I want to tell you guys, I've been hearing a lot about this stance apparel lately, especially because they just launched a new line of active apparel. Plus, it's holiday gift giving time and stance is the coolest gift that you can give. I mean, they, their socks are just amazing. They are so, so comfy. They got socks, shirts, joggers, hoodies. I, I, I've, I've gone for the socks. If I'm being honest, I'm a socks guy. I like having comfy warm feet. That's what I've been going on. I was just perusing through their website to see what other socks I could go. They just added a Wu-Tang collection. You want you want a Wu-Tang beanie? They got it. You want it? You want a shirt that says cream? Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Stan's got it. And that they also got socks because socks are what I've known them for. And they have NBA socks, they have MLB socks, they got socks for holiday movies. You like elf? Who doesn't like elf? Go get some elf socks. Do you like Christmas Vacation? Not everybody does. I do. They have Christmas Vacation socks. Go get some socks at, at, over there at, at Stance because they are great. And Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off of your first Stance purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow or subscribe to our new YouTube channel. We are blowing up over there. We're almost at 370 subs. Let's get it up to 400 in the next week. Let's get up to 1,000, I don't know, two weeks from now. Um, also follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So you probably thought that I was going to talk about somebody who had hit 400 home runs for the Oakland A's, didn't you? Well, so did I. But I, I looked it up, and no player has hit more than 363 home runs while wearing an A's uniform, and that was Mark McGuire, who, asterisk. So, the next closest player to him was Jimmy Fox, and he hit 302, so neither of them count. Um, I do want to talk about Jimmy Fox one of these days, but today is not that day, so with this information... There isn't a clear reason to talk about anybody from Ace history because I'm like, oh, I, I, who, who, what stat should I look up that 400 is relevant for? I think I hit the the two, so oh well. But one name kept coming up as I was just filtering through Baseball Reference and just A's seasons in history, A's players in history, and uh, that name is somebody that you have probably never heard of, and that is Ferris Fane. 
who went to Roosevelt High School in Oakland back in the 1930s. He made it to the Philadelphia A's in 1946 after, you know, serving in the war and all that stuff. Uh, and he was 26 when he made his big league debut. And since I talked crap about the A's teams of the 1950s just a couple of days ago, I figured I should talk about one of their better players on one of those teams. He was only there for a couple of seasons. So did they still stink over the course of the 50s? Yes, they did. Did they have a good player? They had a couple, actually. Um, but Fain was the only... He was only on the A's for six seasons from 1947 to 1952. But in four of those seasons, he got MVP votes. And in the final two, he finished sixth in the MVP voting while leading the league in batting, hitting 344 in 1951 and then 327 in 1952. Good hitter. Good hitter, that, Fain, that Ferris Fain over here. Uh, if you're a stickler for the rules and uh, why I'm talking about this random guy who was just showing up, well, it, it, especially in, in the 400th episode, why am I talking about this guy when we're supposed to be talking about the number 400? Well, his on-base percentage was above 400 in each of his six seasons with the A's, and the only time that it wasn't above 400 in his career, he played nine seasons, uh, the only time that it was not above 400 was in 1954 with the White Sox when he had an on-base percentage of 399. So, Ferris Fane, close as I'm going to get to 400 right here. Uh, so, he, he's an interesting guy. After the Connie Mack era ended in 1950, so 1951 came aboard, and uh, Jimmy Dykes was the the new manager of the A's, the only manager that was not Connie Mack to that point. I mean, Connie Mack's kids had done a little bit, you know, here and there, but basically Jimmy Dykes was the first full-time manager after Connie Mack. Um, and starting in 1951, he named Ferris Fane the team captain. I didn't know that the A's had a team captain ever, and uh, so... I, I'm not looking this up, but apparently Ferris Fane was one of them. So congrats to Ferris Fane for being a team captain. Um, and because all of these stories have to end with them getting traded, um, Fane was moved to the White Sox, which you probably knew because I mentioned the White Sox just a second ago. Uh, but he was moved to the White Sox after the 1952 season, primarily because he had a huge drinking problem. Somehow he still won the batting title in his last season with the A's, even with his late-night carousing, and uh, he, he broke his middle finger after taking a swing at somebody in a tavern fight. That is an old-timey sentence. Uh, he missed, and he, he hit it on, a, you know, the wall, I guess. Uh, so, he, uh, he broke his finger, and he still won the batting title. So, they traded him. Um, so he was traded to the Tigers uh, again after the 1954 season from the White Sox to the Tigers. And uh, he would only play one more year after that split between Detroit and Cleveland before nagging injuries caught up to him and forced him to retire at the age of 35. Um, at the age of 64, he was busted for growing pot. And then he, and this is in 1985. Uh, and then he served six months of house arrest and also I, I think some public service or whatnot, but. So, so he did that, and then at the age of 67, in 1988, agents raided his home and found over 400 weed plants and uncovered his whole operation. He'd been selling a lot of weed. Um, so that, that one he served 18 months for, which, that's a lot of plants. I don't know what that weighs out to, but that seems 
like not that harsh of a penalty during the Reagan war on drugs era too, but oh well. So I guess that my stance has changed on the A's of the 50s. Uh, they, they may have stunk, but they had some very interesting people on, on some of those clubs. He was only there for a couple of years, so I still say that they stink, but maybe I'll learn a little bit more about him because Ferris Fane, somewhat interesting. He was also a team captain. But uh, coming up, I just want to say a few words about reaching 400 episodes and recount some of my favorite moments. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, so we made it to the 400 episodes, and that's wild. Um, I just wanted to take a little bit of time and just... I don't know that I've ever told you guys about like how I became the host of Locked On A's. Um, and it was around this time, uh, roughly two years ago, that I was contacted out of the blue about hosting this this here podcast. Uh, I had blogged for a bunch of years in the past, from, I think, 2013 to 2017. Um, jumping website to website, doing all that. I had mostly been over at Fansided, but I uh, didn't like it. Um, didn't like it at the end. I liked it a lot at the beginning. Uh, but I was kind of, you know, just past the blogging life. And I was just working, trying to do better at, you know, what I do. And uh, then Locked On reached out because uh, some of the people that I had blogged with in the past uh, had suggested me. And they knew that I was an A's fan. And there aren't a lot of us. So, you know, you know one, you're like, hey, use that guy. And so I was that guy in, in this case. And uh, I hadn't podcasted much before. I think I had up, uh, hosted like six episodes of a different podcast, and then we went on vacation. I just got out of my routine, and I just stopped. Uh, so I had very little experience, but, you know, they trained me up. Everything was good, and uh, I, I was interested in the job, so that's basically how I ended up here. Uh, my first episode dropped on January 1st of 2020, but before that, I had to record a teaser for the podcast, and no lie, that sucker... It, it had to be like a minute and a half. It took me over an hour to record. Um, I was not practiced at editing at that point. And if you listen to the early episodes of the show, uh, you know that I wasn't good at editing. Um, and I was trying to record the whole thing straight and just kept flubbing a line here or there. Didn't have the right inflection. It, it just wasn't what I wanted it to be just yet. So uh, it, it took me a while. It was very frustrating. But uh, anyway, I, I started getting into the groove uh, with the season around the corner, and then COVID hit, and uh, then I had to come up with <laughs> two months into podcasting. I'm like, oh, crap, how do I just fill time out of the blue? Let's figure this out. So that was a fun challenge, and uh, now I feel pretty good about this lockout. I'm like, yeah, as long as there's a season, I'm fine. <laughs> this could last through March. I'm fine. Uh, so, and also I was out of work for the first time in like 20 years because of COVID. Uh, I, I worked in the restaurant industry and, uh, those shut down. So I had this podcast and so I immersed myself in learning how to podcast and doing that and, you know, learning how to edit and having guests on, like re reaching out to people and stuff. And, uh, the, honestly, the podcast probably kept me sane for most of 2020 and, you know, into 2021, it kept me focused. So, uh, I really enjoyed, you know, pouring a lot of my day into making this podcast. And so 
I just wanted to say for everyone that has followed me through this entire journey, uh, I just want to say thank you because uh, it, it's been a journey for sure. That it, it wasn't a great, the, the product has gotten better. Let's say that. Um, and it'll continue to get better as I keep learning new tips and tricks and, you know, doing all that stuff. Uh, YouTube is still fairly new to me. So once I get better at that, I'll start editing the videos a little bit and uh, maybe adding some graphics. Bah! Ooh, what's that? Um, you know, stuff like that. But uh, before I get out of here for the day, I have to tell you about uh, the thing that I probably have enjoyed most in producing this show. And uh, earlier on in this season, the 2020, uh, 2021 season, what year is it? <laughs> yes. Um, in the 2021 season, early on, uh, guys kept going on the IL. And, uh, but then after they would go on the IL, Jed Lowry would just have an insane game. And he would, you know, take, take victory from the jaws of defeat. And uh, it, after it happened a couple times, I was like, just sitting down to record one night, because I like to have fun. It's a long season. It's like, what, May at that point? I'm like, eh. I think Jed Lowry might be a vampire because whenever somebody gets hurt, he feasts and it restores his powers. And so I just called him a vampire on the show and I thought it was funny. Um, well, before I called him a vampire on the show, I, uh, I I went into the bedroom where my wife was watching TV and I was like, babe, is this funny or am I weird? And she gave me the green light. She thought it was funny. So um, I... So I did it on the show. She is my sounding board is another thing that you guys should know. Uh, everything, well, not as much everything, but some of the weird things that I do, I, I run by her first if she's awake. So uh, she thought it was good. So I started calling Jed, uh, Jed Lowry a vampire on the show. And then you guys started tweeting at me whenever Jed would get a big hit. And I can't really put into words how much I appreciated those tweets. Uh, that, that would just say vampire or vampire Jed or, you know, whatever they were, just Vampire and Jed or whatever it was. Um, but they, they really meant a lot to me. Um, that This stupid thing that I came up with, kind of just trying to be funny, uh, was not only heard and enjoyed by people, but they then you guys started reaching out to me to, to tell me that you guys enjoyed it, and it kind of became a thing. Um, you know, not like uh, podcasts have their own little inside jokes. It was kind of like our little inside joke with like me and a dozen people. Um, so... I thought that that was cool. I, I'm a sentimental guy. And so when, you know, people reach out and do that for me, I, I really appreciate that. So thank you guys so much. Uh, that is probably the most fun that I've had doing the show uh, over the last couple of years is just doing that on the show, having a good time, and then interacting on Twitter with you guys during that time. That was, that was a good time for me. But uh, I, I also want to say thank you so much. For making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. <laughs> Love that segue. That was good. I got to got one-two you guys into uh, my talking points. There you go. Um, so with that, go make Sully and Locked On MLB your second listen of the day. He's always got great takes. Just about everything that he talks about is just the best take that you've ever heard. Locked On MLB with Sully Sullivan Sullenberger. <laughs> But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, to the next show that I'm going to be doing, I'll be talking about the Rule 5 guys that uh, the A's gave up and also got back in the Rule 5 draft, the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft. So that's coming up for you guys here before too long. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to all 400 episodes of Locked On A's. It's been a blast. It's going to keep being a blast. We're going to keep learning a bunch of new things. So with that, 
Uh, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.